everyone, this is Dr. Padma Gediar and I'm so happy to be on the Inspiring Ideas podcast with Madhu Sundar Rajan and Abhinav Rajay. If you want to hear my journey, how I turned from a migraine dentist to building an AI startup, even though I didn't have any technical background, you should tune in into Inspiring Ideas and watch this episode. I look forward to seeing you guys. Thank you. Our guest today is a dentist, an AI enthusiast, a healthcare consultant to the dental and medical industry. She's also a founder and CEO of smilo.ai. She's an advocate for bringing entrepreneurship into dentistry using artificial intelligence. Please welcome Dr. Padma Kadiyar. Thank you so much for being with us today. How are you going? Thank you for having me Abhinav and Madhu and it's great to be here um and uh, thanks for having me. Fantastic. There are three elements that we want to cover today. Element number 1 is about your life journey and what decisions you have taken to become what you are today. Element 2 is about your love for AI and how you applied in the dentistry world. We would dive deep into it. And the element 3 which is very critical is the key lessons that you have learned so far in your startup journey. So are you ready for that? Of course, all ready for it. I grew up in a very small town in India called Udupi which is very uh, famous for Krishna temple. Uh I come from a business background myself. My entire family is into business, but um I went into dentistry because it was my mother's dream to have uh, one of her daughters be a, a doctor. And uh, from there I followed I was married early, finished my education, followed my husband into Australia. And that's where things started to change for me. I started in Australia because you have to go through the board exams to get qualified as a dentist. I started as a sterilization assistant here as I was preparing for my exams. I I started as a sterilization assistant at uh, 1300 Smiles. And through that exam process takes a little while. I learned how the Australian system works. I learned about infection control, I learned about communication, I learned a lot about leadership skills during that time. and that's when as i finished my exam i went and opened my own practice i because i knew all the elements of hr and how to run a business where how the ordering is done how a rostering is done which is not taught to us uh, at dental school uh, so i was very much okay with the management part of it and uh, started my dental journey there and that was quite a good of a learning journey to start with and then everything becomes a history you know when you get one thing right then you tend to do it again and again and again and um, at some point i said uh, why don't i put this into a book my mm-hmm. journey as a practice owner uh, an entrepreneur why don't i put it into a book and uh, i published my own book in 2019 by bill sell a step by step guide to a multi million dollar practice empire and i've been speaking on business entrepreneurship in dentistry practice ownership transaction advisory and now ai so i've had an interesting career journey throughout uh, in australia in the dental industry that's fabulous to hear in fact when i hear that story as a whole i think you are briefly touching upon the hard skills that are required to be surviving here in australia at the same time the softer skills which which have got even more higher weightage so kudos to you fantastic job and um, 
Moving on, um, I think Abhi and I do a lot of research, you know, before uh, we uh, interview people, right? And we have listened and I've seen every single interview of yours as well. And where you said the one that actually caught us was your purpose-led life. And, and obviously, there was one incident in 2018, uh, you know, which actually turned things around for you. And and then, no, looking back, and there's always that um, that moment, that aha moment, how do you go about or how did you go about in this instance finding that purpose and are there any strategies for our listeners to find their purpose in life i know there's a lot of um, talk about finding purpose and um, you know doing things right and uh, you know uh, leading a purpose-led life but i would say for me the purpose actually came to me i didn't go finding for it in 2018, when I had my uh, near-death experience due to a medical complication, I realized the value of every breath. Uh, you tend to take your breathing uh, for granted a lot of times because it's been gifted to you. But I couldn't breathe. I could not even walk properly for six months. I couldn't carry my two-year-old son at that time. Right. And you realize how much important every moment is. Six months gave me time to think because I couldn't do anything. Technically, I couldn't do. I had to just lie down. Right. And go to my physios or my rehabilitation kind of a thing. I was quite accomplished even at that time from a, a professional point of view or, you know, as a migrant. Uh, you have you come to a new country with dreams, right? To own a house, uh, to uh, to buy a car, to buy uh, you know to become financially secure uh, from a professional point of view, achieve few milestones. Um, and as a woman, you you know you need to have a happy family, to be, to to kids, and I I had it all even at that time. So I knew I I was leading a comfortable life, and I had already ticked all the boxes. But I was not happy. And those six months made me realize, made me, you know, uh, you, you know, write my wish list of what I wanted to achieve. Um, and and on the top was how can I give back now? What gives That's me more happiness has always been adding value to people and yeah. giving back. And uh, I had no financial pressure or anything that I couldn't do it. Uh, or I, uh, my family supported me. They saw me going through that transformation. So they were very supportive and they're supportive even today. Even my six-year-old son is very supportive. So it started from there. So I didn't go uh, finding for purpose. That moment gave me time to actually for, to get my purpose towards me. Mm. And healthcare has been my passion and healthcare is where I'm involved. And that's where I want to start. Mm. And, and what advice would you give our listeners if they want to find their purpose? They have to start listening to their heart and not to their circumstances. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a beautiful yes. advice. Uh, Padma, moving ahead, I'm aware that you're you know, really passionate about artificial intelligence. You're a dentist and I'm just wondering, mm -hmm. I'm, how did you got introduced to artificial intelligence? To be honest, Abhi, I had no idea about uh, technology. I didn't get into engineering. I got my free seat into Manipal University um, for uh, engineering, and I didn't get into it because I never had any attachment towards technology. I was always a human-centric person. I, I loved communication. I loved 
hearing to people's problems and solving it so it was great thing for me that i was born for healthcare or business right not for tech yeah. at all but it was last year after i finished my not last year the year before uh, when i finished writing my book i said i needed to gift myself something i needed to reward myself and i said i want to go and um, go to san francisco i want to see what silicon valley is i want to see what uh, what's this about apple and facebook and all this kind of a thing so when i went there i met a friend and he showed me what ai was doing in the retail sector technically if you look at it dentistry is pretty much like retail because we don't get a lot of government funding into it um uh, mostly it's either insurance driven or it is uh, people paying uh, out of you know out of their pocket not just in australia in most of the countries so i was like this is pretty much like retail and i was like wow is this even possible with technology that was my reaction and he showed me all the fun stuff i started and look i'm i'm naturally very curious person so i'll come and find out like you guys before i get into it i researched a lot i was seeing what was happening in the ai space in dentistry i saw a lot of things were happening in the radiological space which was really benef beneficial for the clinicians um so that is when all the enthusiasm and the interest in ai started because i started understanding that there, this is the future and with covid 19 hitting the healthcare sector or, or the world in general i i knew there was a place for this there was definite place for this especially with the uh, you know uh, rural and regional areas uh, underserviced populations emerging markets and also for the survival of any business whether in healthcare virtual care was very important and ai could provide it so that's where it all started for me but i do understand your curiosity of me being a non technical founder and getting into ai it was a challenge because i am not trained in ai so i had to find the right partners who knew what ai could do and what it could do in in the dentistry space so finding that right team that right people that i could trust who could educate me along the way and i could educate them along the way on the perspectives on how we want to solve a problem so that was very very important and key for the success of the product that we are launching moving ahead from the in, you know dentistry so if you look at healthcare as a whole which is obviously a subject matter um, where do you think ai will be the most sought um, especially now talk about covid contact tracing we talk about uh, you know healthcare and and care especially for uh, patients is there any other specific areas where you feel and where you predict 2021 and beyond healthcare will be pivotal and what would be those see i see three places where uh, ai will probably play, play a much more important role than anybody is anticipating uh, firstly would be in patient education and patient mm. triage because a lot of uh, things have been moved from a clinician centric approach to a patient centric approach now we don't want patients to be patients we want them to be participants so mm -hmm. i think that will be one of the major areas where ai will play an, a very important role second is in the processes within how the patient dentist and entire or uh, the patient clinician or how the entire process happens 
from record keeping, from appointment booking, all those key processes, there will be a lot of work that will be outsourced from a automation perspective to AI. That's where I see the second thing. And third thing where I see a major, major transformation needs to take place and will take place would be EHR integration. We don't need to see, we, we, we are all moving to holistic care. We are, we are all moving to a value-based uh, care model. And we all know that um, we don't want to, tra uh, to actually see oral health separately, uh, musculoskeletal health separately, you know, brain health and mental health separately. We want to bring them as a holistic general health. And that's where I see with the EHR um, integrations and record keeping, where it's very, very important for AI to play a very important role. Fabulous predictions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one thing that you said is that you come from a non-technology uh, you know, background. And today you're talking about technology, you're running a technology startup. I'm, I'm curious to know, and we got a lot of our audience who do not come from a technology background, but they keep hearing all this word cloud and AI and Bitcoin and whatnot. And they actually want to educate themselves so that, you know, they can understand what it is. And like you have found areas where AI can help in healthcare, in the areas that they're working in, how they can apply that, because you've gone through the journey. I'm sure there is not a um, shortage of inspiring ideas. <laughs> you, you both know that. There is yeah. no shortage of ideas in, in the market. There is no shortage of talented people in the market. What a lot of people lack is execution. I wouldn't even uh, say it's strategy, it's execution, because there's a lot of risk when you are in that cocoon of comfortable job or comfortable life. There is a lot of risk to pursue something. Uh, there That's is right. a monetary risk, there is a family risk, there is you know uh, changing your lifestyle uh, and using your that free time, that me time that you spent going um, uh, you know, on adventure trips or watching Netflix to now dedicating your time to find and be curious, connecting with people, right? There's, there's a lot of shift that needs to happen. So for me, I spent that time connecting with people. I love um, reaching out. I love talking to people. I love researching. I was online uh, all the time, figuring out, watching videos, um, you know, listening to podcasts and meeting really inspiring people who were way ahead of me doing something in fintech, uh, who were doing something in uh, uh, you know, cardiovascular disease, uh, who were doing a lot of uh, things in retail sector. So I was constantly reaching out to them, uh, even for a coffee or a Zoom call. You know, they, I was constantly there. So you have to develop your curiosity muscle really, really strong and desire and and make your desire more important than anything in life yeah. that's so, how things will start changing just for our listeners looks like padma had listened to almost every single episode of inspiring ideas as well <laughs> <laughs> you said you do your research i do mine very good in my startup journey uh, which has hit me really hard is until you show up, people don't know what you're doing, however brilliant your idea is or however amazing you are as a person. I think it's a nice segue. We just wanted to dive deep on that journey. <laughs> Padma. Absolutely. So, so in terms of your startup journey, right, let's explore that. In maybe in the next two to three minutes or even five minutes, 
do you want to explain about what idea that actually struck you and how did you go about implementing it i like the word that you said people don't like proof of concepts they like pilot they want a, a shippable product which is operational in production that's that's what is all about and how did you go about from 0 to 100 and how long did it take and what was your learning so as um, uh, i would i'd like to start with saying smilo.ai is a virtual care remote patient monitoring platform which uh, helps identify high risk patients and connect them to the dentist this is a simple definition but in uh, my 10 second pitch i'd like to say it's like bringing dentist in your pocket anytime any place from the comfort of your home now you might think okay this is a business pitch right how did it actually come to my uh, you know that one thing that stuck to me with smilo.ai basically i'm solving my own problem mm -hmm. i was seeing that in my practices that the cost of operation was going up every year cost of acquisition of patient cost of communicating with them uh, efficiently their retention strategy everything cost and on the top of that your rent your consumables your dentist your staff cost your marketing so there's a lot of cost involved and it was going up year after year on the other end it was not that there was not patients there with no pro with who had no problems there were definitely patients there but when we surveyed it the major reasons why people don't like to come to the dentist first was you know dental anxiety a lot of people have this fear of going to the dentist because of a bad experience and also they feel they're being judged second and and the most important for a lot of them was the cost uh, and and that I could see directly proportional in the dental practices. We hadn't raised our cost, uh, you know, uh, proportional to the operational cost rise, which mm. was affecting my bottom line as well. And then the third one was convenience and education. People did not even know. People thought when the tooth um, ache started, that's when they are supposed to go to the dentist. So there was nothing about maintenance or prevention protocols that the patients were educated on. So basically with Smilo, I was solving my own problem. So I knew straight away. But then COVID-19 comes, which then uh, was a real um, real eye-opener for most of the business owners for us, mm -hmm. that if a patient can't walk into a dental practice, there's no way we can run a business. There's no way we have a cash flow. I'd already consulted in over 300 dental practices. I knew the problem was the same. So I was like, there's a definite problem in there. We surveyed, we went to the dentist, we asked them. So it was mainly getting a customer feedback from both the sides, from a dentist perspective, as well as from a patient perspective, what each of their problems was, and then get it together as a solution. When we showed them our non-working prototype, everybody was like, this is awesome. We got even up to 67% of the people saying they'll use the product. And over 76% dentists saying they would like a 360-degree integration, you know, an end-to-end -end solution like this. That was a real confidence booster to start, but COVID-19 validated the entire idea for us. Uh, something that started as, uh, you know, let's see how this goes along. It's my next step. If many of them, many of my friends thought this is my next thing, right? You know, I was, I was going through this phase where I was going from one thing to the next. But today it's a product, a, a usable product, 
uh, it's in its um, you know it's crossed its mvp stages uh, it, and we we are seeing really good feedback coming from clinicians there's a lot of clinicians now who want to be involved in this process uh, there's patients who are giving us feedback myself and abhi spoke about it even before our uh, uh, you know uh, the interview started so these people coming out and giving us the solution so if you are a startup founder a non technical one it's okay you have the idea put it into paper go and start researching uh, about it go and take customer feedback because that's gold it's the hardest thing to do uh, and as a clinician for us that's the most hardest thing to do because we've always been in that authoritative position but that is gold working with your customers is the because they'll tell you what exactly the problems they want you to solve and then you'll get that one thing to start with and start mm, small you don't need to start big you don't need to create a facebook you can just start uh, and you will see then based on that story and your vision you'll start attracting the right people onto your team because once you have the customer feedback your team becomes your biggest support system and that is how things evolved for me one after another the domino started falling the problem then we went to the feedback we went to the prototype uh, i i got introduced to right technical team we interviewed a lot of people and my technical team right now is so passionate just like me they can see the problem we are solving not just as a oral health but how it affects general health and um, definitely i can resonate with it and as i was telling you earlier before we started recording this that i've used the app and i found it to be really useful because one of the challenge as a, a customer is that like i'm not sure when i should go and visit my dentist is it only when my tooth start aching or not and this is a simple app where i open it and i take some pictures and it gives you a initial understanding of how your dental health is and that's fantastic because i can monitor it on my own okay and i can reach out to dentist when i think you know it's required or it can even give you reminders about okay you know you're due for a, a dental appointment and it can connect you with all the dentists in your area so i think i love the product thank you we get just getting started that's uh, what i tell everybody who wants to join the team uh, we have a bunch of clinicians uh, who've come on board and uh, you know they are like but we already i'm like no we just getting started just wait till i explain my bigger vision my bigger purpose to you and you'll see that we've only scratched the surface so far yeah so i i was more thinking you know you got a looks like you got a very very strong team and then you said you know you actually went ahead and did lot of research in time in terms of finding the right team as well and what other support systems you had initially because as a founder there are a lot of people around having an idea and they're just trying to get that guidance you know you talk about mentorship you talk about your you know coaching and mindset and all that so did you get any help in those friends and uh, what were they i was already working on my mindset for 2 years as i came out uh, in 2018 out of my near death experience my first deep dive was mindset uh because i knew straight away any big entrepreneur or anybody who has achieved anything big right uh, or anything that is important they had a very strong mindset of uh, patience dedication focus discipline these are these are your you know cornerstones for mindset so i had already started working on my mindset and i want to bring this to the attention of any viewer or even you know all of us today 
mindset doesn't mean that you are strong all the time you have your weak points you have your down days it's all about how you transform that how you turn that around the story that you tell yourself and you know go on that journey again so we have our uh, own down times as well but it's all about how quickly we can turn that around and even in that down times we don't make hasty decision the mindset mm. is not about being strong all the time it's about being composed whether it's on a high or a low it's all about being composed so that was anyways i was working on it but the thing that changed everything for me was connecting with the innovation hubs you know there is a lot of startup help available in the market whether it is um, uh, startup uh, uh, groups on facebook mm-hmm. or there is there is all this lot of accelerators incubators that are there where you can go and validate your idea and i became a part it was covid uh, during that time in uh, june july right uh, i went and joined river city labs here in brisbane because we couldn't mm-hmm. travel i was interested in doing the start mate or startup catalyst or, or things like that uh, medtech actuator but i could access in brisbane that was much more easier because we had our borders closed and everything and not everybody was equipped for virtual at that moment of time so river city labs was my change changed everything for me because we did the activator program and they introduced you to a lot of people uh it just paved one step after another uh you were part you were pitching in different events because they helped you and as a female founder as a migrant founder um that was really helpful as well that i and i and like i said i believe in showing up however good bad worse i'm feeling a good bad worse that event is i believe in showing up i know that there will be somebody there who will connect me to the next dot beautiful yeah that's great and first 6 to 12 months are always very exciting but also very challenging as well can you share a couple of your stories or what you've gone through in terms of the challenges that you've faced and how did you overcome them look there are challenges and i believe uh, i love challenges the way the story i tell myself in my own head about challenges is if there is challenge that means there is a solution which really helped as a startup because dental uh, dental uh, tech or dental health is not the most important topic everybody talks about it's about uh, cardiovascular diseases diabetes obesity uh, mental health right people people are into that kind of area like a pharmaceutical in cancer or medical devices like fitbits you know people are into all this kind of funky stuff nobody wanted to talk about dental health so my biggest challenge was that educational phase Mm-hmm. uh to my consumers to the dentists to the investors uh to the regulatory board so there was a lot of education process that was involved and even today we have challenge but challenges are changing initially it was regulatory challenge data challenge um uh, ai and machine learning challenges uh, what sort of algorithms we are building the coding um how is the uh, process going to look like the ui ux So now the challenges have moved into uh, product market fit raising capital so as you are evolving your challenges will keep changing too so when they say 6 to 12 months is your hardest period they say that because you are most passionate during that time mm. and it's hard to 
put that passion into words because as entrepreneurs and startup founders you do not have that communication skill of putting that passion into words i used to be amazed when i entered uh, when i used to attend all these pitch events in the first six months i'm like how were they able to tell this so beautifully in five minutes because it took me even to explain what my product is over 10 minutes at that time Today we are finishing pitches in five minutes, pitches in two minutes. We've learned as well as we've watched them, right? So that six to 12 months is the hardest because as a startup founder, you are learning so many new skills and, and uh, you have to not only convince yourself that you're in the right journey, but also get people to believe in your idea, people to believe in your product and fundraising i'm i think has been my next thing that i'm learning now you have to be really good at um, storytelling apart from all the technical and the product related stuff as a ceo as a startup founder yourself you have to be really good at storytelling you have to be uh, making people um, what is that enthusiastic and interested in your product right you have yeah. to be um uh, you have to be able to stand there and take the punch on your face you know all the ego or uh, any pride that you had you can't have that you have to embrace failure uh, and you have to be really good at developing partnerships collaborations negotiations uh, the financial bit so for me that has become you know every step has been a learning journey and i've embraced every challenge with an open heart that i'm going to learn something new mm. Yeah. So you have to be a child at heart that I'm going to learn something new today. Doesn't matter. It's a, it's a success or a failure. I'll, I'll learn from it, get up tomorrow morning and work on it. Fantastic answers, um, Padma. I think uh, you touched upon a whole gamut of skills that are required. But if you want to really package it up for someone, uh, let's say um, a youngster who's uh, learning a lot of things, uh, from say let's say university world and getting into the startup journey or you know getting into a corporate what advice uh, would you would you give them in terms of um... see I, would, I like to reframe this uh, question a little bit and think like if i were to do this again how would i do it like mm. i was already a niche founder i was already an authority in my business i already knew how things in dentistry operate i had my connections i had my industry penetration right and to a certain limit i could back the product and bootstrap it mm. i had that mm. financial capabilities as well now those were my positives that i had in a nutshell but if i were to do it again how would i do it or if i were to talk to my younger self um, and i had no niche background uh, how would i choose or do it right if i were to do it again one thing i've learned is i'd like to have a technical co-founder is how i would if if i were to do it again that's the only thing i have a really good technical team i have no complaints they are amazing but i would definitely like a technical co-founder because there's so many uh, elements to not not only developing the product there's so many other elements from compliance perspective that it's always good to have a technical co-founder that would be my first and foremost lesson. And secondly, we built a prototype and then we went into uh, capital raising and fundraising and things like that. Market has changed heavily that uh, people 
will not go and invest in you with just an idea now so you will need to develop a prototype and have a few users on board and then go into capital raising but you could if i were to do it again i would do it in a much more simpler way mm-hmm. and the third most aspect i have learned and learned the hard way is if you have an idea go and talk to a marketer about it on how you can start marketing your idea even before a product is made to develop your interest list person who is in university or who wants to get into a total different market that's not their niche i would get into a team of myself with the idea with the r&d with the research everything and then find a technical co-founder who could develop a non-working or a basic working prototype and get a marketer on board get together and then go into the market and that's when you create the buzz about it whether it's to the investor whether it's to your to your audience and your customer just wanted to ask a question on your second point when you said you wanted to make the process more simpler can you expand on that as a dentist or you know you you guys are engineers yourself we come up with this logic we have a problem and we go and solve the problem mm-hmm. but the startup world is very different startup world runs on three things your product your mm-hmm. market that's the product your market in the sense your customers so that you have a product market fit and thirdly how are you going to grow that and you need capital for it so it's a basic triangle that you have for any startup so if i were to do this it's all about joining the dots between the three and mm. the join of the dots is three things technical a uh, you as a founder uh, and the one who is the most passionate about it and how are you going to market the product so it's only three dots so with your three bigger ecosystem if you look at look at it with the three major components that's all you need if you have an idea you need to be able to get two more people on board that's your technical team and your marketing team that's about it and then you go and create your buzz and within that short time and short um, small amount of investment you will know whether there is a demand for that product in the market or not how you will need to pivot it before you go into the growth phase and your capital raising phase because if you have traction there is money available in the market if you have hmm. traction uh, I, uh, there will be small to medium sized businesses enterprises whose problem you are solving they happy to lend you the hand to run your pilots to invest in your business to be that first customers so it's a very different mindset and education i've gone through over the last 12 months that has made me un- understand this process could be made simpler hmm. i did not have to go through so many challenges but if i were to do it again like i said idea i will take 6 months to just get that idea perfected and get mm-hmm. those two key people on my team and then work on the prototype and go out there trial test it get traction and then go and start pitching straight away today i know where to go and pitch where is the list available who should i need to contact right it's a totally different game changer once you you know had a deep dive into it it's a totally different game changer Yeah my last question is like uh, I found your product to be very innovative right and uh, innovation once has become successful then everybody talks about it but when you're going through the process everybody is speculative about it they're thinking will this work or not i was actually uh, listening to one of the interviews of the uber uh, founder 
And he said he went through so many uh, meetings with uh, investors and it's like, who's going to sit, uh, you know, in someone else's car, you know, and, <laughs> and go to different places. This is never going to work, right? So I'm like, if you want to summarize your journey, you know, um, you know, coming up with this innovative product, can you share uh, your story or your experience or your advice for people who want to do that? Because that's very important from a mindset perspective. Firstly, the only person who needs to believe in your product is yourself. Okay. If you don't believe in it, nobody else is going to believe in it. Whether And I'm sure um, uh, whether it is Mark Zuckerberg or um, Steve Jobs or uh, you know Bill Gates or the guy from Uber, it's the same story. Everybody goes through that phase. First two years in your startup, nobody's going to believe in you. You're going to disrupt something. How do you expect? Uh, if somebody was disrupting the way you did things in your daily life, would you accept it straight away? You wouldn't. So you have to go with an open mind saying that it's not going to be accepted really easily. There is an education curve to it. But you got to be a trendsetter. You got to see how things are changing in rest of um, rest of the sectors that are in your day to day. How is it mm -hmm. changing in uh, like in fintech? Let's take fintech for an example. How has your banking changed? You both work in the banking sector. How has banking changed? And you can see the changes that are going to come in the next three to five years. It's a huge change, right? And banking is used in your day-to-day -day life. The retail, the way we did shopping. How has it changed and how is it going to change and impact in the next three to five years? So there will be a place for this disruption. And if you check at it, all the disruptions are the same. They're moving mm -hmm. into automation. They're moving into making their customers their participants. You have to be a trendsetter. You have to say this change is coming. Either you have a, a, a choice to be a follower there and be a consumer to that product mm. or be a thought leader, uh, be an be a influencer in that particular area and be on the other end of leading the crowd. So it's your choice altogether. So it's not, the, it's not, a, you know, it's not a fairy tale ride. If you are faint-hearted, startup is not for you. If you think, uh, if you don't have the patience, startup is not for you. If you don't have the discipline, the focus, and the determination, startup world is not to you. Stay with what you're doing, and I'm sure you're doing it wonderful. But if you need to have the heart, the mind, and the soul for it, to take the blow and accept failures and be ready to fail. Success happens in one in 100 startups. So you have to be ready to fail. And I'm sure this is going to have a lot of startups, you know, to get success and uh, take their life ahead. Thanks a lot for coming to our show. Thanks, Abhi. Thanks, Madhu. Thank it was so really much. nice being here. It, it didn't feel like, a, uh, you know, a show. It felt like, uh, you know, uh, in-house. We, uh, we, we were just discussing things and we've all been on this journey and we all want to progress on this journey. Uh, it just felt uh, natural and... Um, I'm glad I could, uh, you know, contribute my story and my journey to you guys. Absolutely. I'm sure a lot of people will get inspired listening to this story. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you.